10 minutes remaining. Hello, everyone. This is The Daily Happy, and today is Friday, February 5th, 2022. I'm Allison Burns. I'm Lulu Picard. And whether you're waking up or winding down for the night, we want to be there for you. Well, how can you be there for us this night? You need to go over. I tried to make it work. It didn't work. Uh, go over to our Instagram. It's at this is the daily happy. We'd love to see you over there. We put our cute little new episode artwork up there. Allison works real hard on that. So I feel like you should go and give it a little like. You know what I mean? And while you're there, go to the link in bio. We'll always have the affiliate link there this week. It's Omaze. Check them out, please. Thanks. Yes. Okay. So some of you are going to be super excited about this news story. Some of you uh, probably won't care, but I think it's important to note that Southwest Airlines, after two years, are about they're going to resume alcohol sales on their flights. That's great news for <laughs> that's listen. Well, I just okay. There for those of us who mellow out with alcohol. Yes, this is fantastic news. Absolutely, yeah. For those of you that are the angry drunk people. That is bad news. Yes. This it's a it's a tough time. It's a tough time yeah. for an angry drunk. Yes. And they are I, I there are some stipulations here so they're only going to offer it if the flight is 176 miles or more. Okay, so none of these commuter like Correct. I think like if it's up and down, yeah, that that won't be offered. Okay. Um, But yeah, it's everything. Wine, vodka, tequila, rum. Uh, (laughs) It's just like old times. Yeah. And what they said was it's because customers have expressed a desire for more (laughs) beverage options. And so that's what's happening. But the move for some people uh, is not great. There are some Southwest Airlines flight attendants who are not happy. Oh, I and bet they're nervous. they have actually been quoted in saying this is both unsafe and irresponsible. And I yeah. do, I, I, I can't argue with them because they're the ones that are having to deal with those angry drunks. You're so, right. So, you know, I mean, it's great no, for people right. like us who are nice. I think that's it. Like, it's such a, you know, I don't like being in small places with people I don't know. Right. <laughs> so so I love to have that little drink. But I also like, I can go without if I need to go without. But I, I, I have to say, if the flight attendants, anybody that worked there came forward and said, actually, please, this is terrible. That's mm-hmm. dangerous for me. I am fully behind that for sure. Right. Right. I will say, though, that there have been a few comments. We'll put the link to this story in our show notes as well as on our links in bio on our Twitter and our Instagram. But there are some comments that are actually, I don't know, it made me think. And one person said that you have to think about this. A lot of this unruly behavior is not actually caused by the alcohol on the plane. It's the alcohol in the bars that are these people that are getting on before they board. Well, that's just dumb, you guys, because listen, alcohol in the airport is more expensive than alcohol on the plane. (laughs) That is true. So what are you doing? Get out of the bar that's too expensive. Get your $9 cocktail on the plane. They usually give you a double. Mm -hmm. You heard it here on The Daily You heard it here. And also, and I know this is true, I, I don't have like all the scientific facts, but please believe me, that when you are flying and because of the altitude, you actually get drunker faster. I think you... I think we 
discussed this before. Is that true? I swear it's true. It's because of the altitude. Because when you're in other countries, too, I feel like if you're, like, in a country that's a higher altitude, that when you drink, your blood is thinner in the higher altitudes. And so it affects your – it gets into your bloodstream and affects you quicker than if you were on the ground. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I I don't have enough information to say yes or no, but – Regardless, I'm I'm thrilled that the people who are going to be responsible and uh, need a little help maybe with their anxiety, if that's something mm-hmm. that helps for them, uh, can have that drink. But man, please be nice to the flight attendants. Yes. I mean, and drink responsibly in general. Like in life. Like here's my thing. I think it should actually be a rule that there should be some sort of like breathalyzer test that if you're over a certain limit uh-huh you can't get on the plane like breathe into the breathalyzer well, let me ask you a real question five minutes remaining why because that way why is it important for you for the past i'm just i'm just asking because you don't say like to ride that car you have to be oh well that's a whole other thing no i think that cars should have them too for the passengers oh no not for passengers i guess well then do you see what i'm saying like yeah i, don't, I see what you're saying yeah, because I guess it's the same thing. Like if you were getting into an Uber and you're like Uber drunk. That's the only time that you call an Uber. <laughs> it's like literally they should have called your personal app Uber drunk. That's, That's just true. for you. That's true. Hashtag Uber drunk. <laughs> Hashtag Uber yeah. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a better way to protect the airline employees, I guess. And, you that know what? Should- and I'm thinking – that's my problem. I'm using this as a free space to think out my thoughts. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and I really should uh, while not. we're while we're free thinking our thoughts, can someone tell Uber that their new slogan should definitely be like in their their advertising campaign? It should be an yeah. ad where someone's like, "Whew, I'm drunk," and the other person goes, "But are you Uber drunk?" Yeah. <laughs> and then it's and then, like, yeah. "Be safe, call an Uber." You know? Yes, like, that's so. That's such a great one. Oh, that's good. I wonder yeah. if there's another way to because I know some people call Ubers when they're just like getting out of like they need just travel assistance well yeah yeah it's yeah. definitely not like just what <laughs> yeah yeah oh no but it would it would work though because what if someone was like walking down the street wandering aimlessly and someone walks up and they're like hey are you lost and they're like yeah and they're like yeah but are you uber lost and they're like here See? call this number it, it would works. work i think yeah, yeah babe let's go out i'm hungry are you but are uber you hungry uber hungry i yeah. think we solved it I think we did too. All right. Well, we're uber smart. Uber smart. Okay. It was nice having this podcast, guys. Bye. <laughs> no, <I'm> just- <laughs> We've hit our peak. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So listen, here's uh, the peaks of some of the American teens out there. That was a terrible segue, but we're just going to go with it. I was committed to it until I realized it was ridiculous. Okay. So... <laughs> There was a recent survey of about 2,000 American high school students, uh-huh. and they found out that even though a third of them have no post-graduation plans, about 82% agree that the most important thing for them to do is something that they're passionate about, regardless of what path that is. And what's cool about this is that I feel like times are changing. I really feel like when I was growing up, when my parents were growing up, 
that passion wasn't necessarily brought into the equation a lot when it came to a career. And I feel like that is changing. I feel like students are really trying to follow their dreams. They're trying to, you know, create their 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 perfect life for themselves. So, which is really really cool. So, I'm going to include this article as well because it actually talks about some of the top skills that a lot of teens want to learn after they graduate so that they can follow these career career paths. Okay. Um a lot of them are looking at like alternatives to traditional four-year colleges and there a lot of them are looking at vocational schools. Um Some of them are looking at trade schools, and then some students are even saying that they have learned all these practical skills from their parents and extended family members, and they're going to use those skills to go into the next phase of their life. So they go through all of these stats, but the top 10 things that children think that should be taught in school so that they can uh, basically follow these passions are culinary arts, cosmetology, practical nursing, auto mechanics, electrics, welding, auto body repair and collision repair, landscaping, construction trades, and metalworking. That is surprising and awesome. Yeah, that's the top 10. The kids were like, this is what we want because this is where a lot of our passions are, but we aren't getting that practical, you know, skills in our classroom. We're now having to wait. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. That's really cool. Yeah, because I think a lot of them are trying to like nurture their interests sooner. And like, I even know this for my own daughter, okay? She's about to literally turn 17 in a few days. And she said to me the other day, I wish that I was just out of school already so I could start doing what I love. Oh, I love that. I know. She was like waiting. Okay. And you know what? Nine seconds left. That's my happy. Oh, that that is my my happy too. That's my happy. It's not too late, right? It's not not too late. 